Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Hey, good morning, church. Uh, It's so great to be here in your living room with you today. Thanks for inviting me in. If you don't know who I am, I'm Robin. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, I'm just happy we get to do church today. But I'm going to be honest. I'm really looking forward to 4 p.m. Come on. I I almost feel like we're going to need to sing that song there. Ooh, pop, pop. Isn't that how it goes? I was sad that they didn't add that in. So next time, guys, okay? 4 p.m. today, we're all going to sing that. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, uh, the team in the back, feel free to let that clock fire. Sometimes I start talking and then I'll never stop, so it's good for all of us. Uh, Really quick before we jump into the word today, I just quickly want to encourage you in your giving. Uh, If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. I want to read this out for you. Uh, Verse 19 says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but instead... Have your treasures be in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. And I love, you know, so many times in every week we talk about how we're so thankful for you guys' generosity. I want to switch that up today and I want to say thank you for your obedience and your giving. Because it's, it's great to be generous and that's incredible, but to be obedient, to step out in our giving and give that tithe and trust God with it. I wanna remind you that there's a promise that you're not storing up stuff here on the planet that can be destroyed, but you're actually storing up a treasure in heaven. Can't wait, you know, not for me to pass away and my kids to have the heirlooms, but what heirlooms I'm excited about are the treasures and the people that are gonna be in heaven as a result of my faithful giving. So just wanna encourage you in that today. And all the things, there's a couple ways you can give, both on the app and online. But again, thank you for partnering with us in all of that. Well, we are concluding a series um, that we've been in called Reset. How many of you have enjoyed this series? Well, if you're new with us today, I want to give you a simple recap of this series. It's been incredible. Um, Our goal in this is that we would have a reset this year in 2021. After 2020 and all the chaos and all the stuff, that we would be intentional, that we would establish some non-negotiables in our faith. And the goal isn't that we would reset every single year, but that here, standing in 2021, would be the beginning of the rest of our lives. That the things that we establish in the here and now would be things that we would continue to walk out 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that we would establish this and we'd look back and say, remember when I set that in action? Remember when I was committed to God in those ways and I started that? And I just wanna give you the working definition that we're going off of for reset. It's this, it says to set to establish again or to start over. And this has been such a good series and I hope that you've received. And um, week one, I wanna just recap this. Uh, Tim talked about our commitment that we made to Jesus and that sometimes that commitment requires us abandoning everything else that we've known. In week two, we talked about holding our ground and fighting the good fight. Not just fight, knowing what we're fighting for, but I love the revelation of knowing who we're fighting with. And then this last week, we talked about dying. 
We talked about fasting, and that's actually something I've been repeating to many of you that I've talked to this week. I've asked you, like, so have you enjoyed dying this week? Like, because that is what has taken place. And I just want to commend so many of you. Listen, we have a young church and we have a lot of young believers, but so many of you jumped into this fast for the first time. You've never fasted before, but you jumped in. And I just want to say, so proud of you. Come on, God is doing some stuff inside of you. And really, really quick, I love uh, that testimony from Brittany. First of all, I'm exalting and glorifying God for the healing, but she texted me that on Tuesday. And the way she worded it in the text was that uh, the, the cancer, the tumor that was inside of her, that it was dead at the center. See, where once life thrived and death was spreading, it was dead in the center. And when she texted me that, after I thanked Jesus for that healing, I... I saw it as a prophetic picture of some of the stuff that God's been doing in each one of our hearts as believers, as we've set aside the plate, as we've fasted and intentionally sought God in so many ways to pray. I believe that things were broken off your life this week in Jesus' name. I believe that some things that had life and were causing death have been dead at the center and you're gonna walk out free today in Jesus' name. Well, today I want to conclude this chat on reset. Many of you fasted the last seven days, but you also joined us in the journey of this 21-day reset where we learn to reset our personal prayer life. And I want to conclude this with that same topic of prayer. And that, that resource that we went through was so good. It gave us so many different tips on how we pray. Now, I don't wanna give you more tips today. I don't want to add, Bob was really good. He did a great job in that. But instead of giving you another topic of prayer, what I wanna do is I want you to be confident. I wanna help you today be confident in the one that you pray to. So if you're taking notes today, you can title this Relationship Reset. Relationship Reset. We're gonna dive right into our main text, which is found in Luke 11, verses one through four. And it says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Come on, let's take that example and let's pray real quick before we dive into the rest of the word. Father, we come to you today and we just have our hearts open. You've been speaking to us all week. And whether our, our congregation, every, every person feels really confident right now or really like on fire or spiritual or they just feel dead and empty. Either way, I know you're here to meet with us and speak to us. So we open up our hearts. I pray that you would use my words that don't try and be eloquent, but use the foolishness of preaching to get straight to our hearts. So we open them to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as we've been in... 2020 and now 2021, we've all kind of gotten used to um, some new things in our life. We've navigated some new stuff. Like there's a lot of uh, things we've been doing at home. We've been hanging out with our family. Maybe you have a small house and you've been confined around your family and that's the first time you've been that close to them. We're actually getting ready to move into a smaller house with one toilet. 
So we're getting ready for some new adjustments after we've adjusted through this last year. And some of us would say that some good stuff has come out of this. Like there's some things we've enjoyed about being at home more. How many of you enjoy working in your sweatpants? Come on. Come on, that's a perk now. Some of us have enjoyed that perk. But I think that there's one thing that none of us have gotten used to, and that's distance learning. And all the parents said, "Mm mm-hmm, that's right. We haven't gotten used to distance learning. I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy the invasion of my privacy from 25 little students and a teacher that now have a window into my house. I don't enjoy that I have to monitor my children and make sure that the computer is shifted away from the bathroom door. Who else has almost flashed the entire second grade class? Now, I don't enjoy that I have to sometimes, you know, rally my kids and get them excited and, you know, hope that maybe they'll stay engaged and not just zone out in front of the computer while I'm working in the other room or just pray that, God, could they please just learn something But sometimes we get a little glimmer of hope in this season of distance learning. While your child is in their room, you hear them jump up from the computer while you're distance working, and they run in and interrupt you. Say, mom, mom, guess what? And they start telling you how they just learned about electricity. And they're like, this is amazing. Did you know that? And I honestly don't even remember. I'm like, yeah, that's I totally know that. And they start talking to you about um, how they just learned about light bulbs and the difference between LED and incandescent. And they're like, did you know that LED are better? I'm like, yeah, they're more expensive. But you're like, we're excited about light bulbs. But you're like, no, actually, I'm excited about light bulbs. You're excited about learning. And you're all of a sudden just like, just so excited about this random thing that your kid just learned. But you're like, they listened to their teacher. They got inspired. Praise God, now they know more about light bulbs. (laughs) When I think about this moment with Jesus and his disciples in this interaction that happens in chapter 11, I think about a student getting really excited about something his teacher just did and getting inspired. Because when this disciple came to Jesus and said, will you teach us how to pray? I don't imagine this disciple walking up to Jesus and saying like, you know, there's really not much else to do. It's kind of boring right now. Like, I don't know, you could probably like teach us how to pray, I guess. No, instead, this disciple hears Jesus praying and he runs up to him and says, Jesus, Jesus, oh my God, will you, will you teach us how to pray the way that you just prayed? And I love this moment because he gets so excited. And as a disciple, it was the disciple's role to learn from the rabbi. His job was to walk around with him, to listen to him, to watch him, to ask questions. And if you read anything about the disciples, you'll realize that they're a bit of a motley crew. Like sometimes they ask, do random things, ask random questions. But I love in this moment how the disciple asks this question because he could have asked anything else. He could have said, Jesus, you do these crazy miracles? Like, you just healed that blind guy's eyes? Like, teach us to do that. That'd be, I would love, what kind of mud did you use? Is it in the mud? Or you raised the dead? Dude, if I could tell my buddies that I know how to raise the dead. Or he could have asked Jesus, say, 
Jesus, I hear you on the mountainside. I hear you in the synagogues preaching this, these incredible things. Teach me how to preach. I wanna stand in this synagogue and have everybody ooh and awe in me. But instead, I love that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Because I think that this is one of the most important and profound things that they could ask their rabbi to teach them. Uh, I love what the theologian Vernon McGee says on the subject of prayer. He says this, we don't need more preachers. We don't need more churches. We don't even need more missionaries. We need more people who know how to pray. See, it wasn't that the disciples had never prayed before. They were Jewish kids. Like they grew up learning and memorizing and reciting prayers. They heard rabbis praying all the time. So it wasn't just that the disciples wanted to learn how to pray, but they wanted to learn how to pray the way that Jesus prayed. Meaning that there was something unique about the way he prayed. See, at the time, there were many rabbis who were more concerned about the ways that their prayers sounded than what they were necessarily praying or who they were praying to. Rabbis had sayings like, whoever is long in prayer is heard. And one Jewish prayer began, blessed, praised, glorified, exalted, honored, magnified, and lauded is the name of the Holy One. Have you ever been around somebody like that? <laughs> Where it sounds like they're literally like, re like rehearsing the monologue for Shakespeare? Thou art God. And you're like, really? Or maybe it's the super Pentecostal person who's like, Father God, we pray, Father God, that you would come, Father God, and Father God, we pray. And you're like, are you gonna pray? What's going on here? And that's kind of how the disciples felt when they would hear rabbis pray. Because for a lot of rabbis, not all of them, but a lot of them, it became more about what they prayed than about the God they prayed to. But Jesus sounded different, and this was magnetic to his disciples. Now, I want you to know, in these couple of verses that we just read, there is a lot packed into verses two through four. So much so that we could make an entire series just about those verses. So today, my job isn't gonna be to unpack all of that. Today, I actually want to focus in on just one word. I'm sorry, what? Pastor Robin, you're supposed to like teach us the word. One word, really? See, sometimes when you read the word of God, less is more. I know that you've got your Bible reading plan and you've got the boxes that you need to check. And you have to get through this Bible reading plan in one year or your head is going to explode. I know you. But sometimes we need to slow down when the, we read the word of God. Sometimes we can get a whole lot more out of less. You can get a handful of words and sit and meditate on it and pray it out and study it out. Sometimes you can get far more from a handful of words than you can from a handful of chapters. I wanna remind you today, just kinda, you know, a tip from Mama Robin over here. Sometimes less is more. Your journey in the word is not a sprint, it is a marathon. So 
Today, we're gonna look at just one word because I think that it's here in this word that we find the answer to what was so incredibly magnetic about the way that Jesus prayed. It says this, Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father. If you've got your Bible out there at home, I want you to underline or highlight Father. See, the way that Jesus prayed and the way that he taught the disciples and the way that he shows you and I is that when we pray, it's to approach God as our Father. See, I don't know if you've ever noticed, if you've grown up in church or you've listened to yourself pray, but many times if you hear somebody pray on the microphone or maybe in your group or at dinner, a lot of times when we pray, we begin our prayers with, dear Jesus, Jesus, we come to you today. And listen, there's nothing wrong to praying to Jesus. Like, I'm not a heretic over here. You can pray to Jesus, that's okay. You can ask the Holy Spirit for help. But did you know that the Bible teaches us and Jesus instructs us that when we pray, we should mainly be praying to the Father? See, we pray to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, there is power in this Trinitarian type of prayer. And this is what Jesus shows us. Because when we pray Trinitarian types of prayer, we show the gospel right there in that prayer. It says in Ephesians 2.18, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So we pray to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to point out here that it starts with praying to the Father. It all starts with the Father. See, I haven't just observed that a lot of people when they pray, they don't pray to the Father, but instead and address God as Father. But I also kind of have a little bit of a theory on this. I think many don't approach God as Father as often in their prayer life because they don't actually know God as Father. I think that there's been an attack when it comes to fatherhood. I think we can clearly see that through the centuries the attack that there has been on fatherhood. We just look back a few generations and the present one. We see so much divorce, not just outside of the church, but inside the church. We see abandonment from fathers. We even see couples that are still together, but mothers that are trying to fill the role of a father that they were never intended to fulfill. And I don't just think that the tack and the ploy of the enemy is for the earthly father, but no, his greater purpose is that he would distort and dis be destructive over your view of the heavenly father. Because if he can keep you from the father, that means he's gonna keep you from the son. And if you're kept from the son, then you'll never walk out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that there is this ploy. So my goal today, is to help us understand who the Father really wants to be for us. Maybe this will be revelation for you for the first time, or maybe it's a reminder for you as a believer who your heavenly Father truly wants to be for you. Now, this is something I need to point out because I could have called this message, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> but I didn't, because that's awkward, so you're welcome. 
So I said that I was gonna focus today on just one word, but today's all about simplicity because I don't just wanna give you one word. In this sermon, I just wanna give you one point. She's a simple preacher, folks. That's what I got for you. See, because when Jesus taught his disciples and he teaches you and I, what he wanted to teach us about prayer was intimacy. He said, I want to teach you about intimacy. See, Jesus and his disciples read the scriptures in Hebrew, but in their common language, when they were hanging out with one another, when Jesus was instructing the disciples, they used a very closely related language called Aramaic. And this language of Aramaic was what Jesus used when he began to tell the disciples, here's how you should pray. So if you break down that word, father, it means Abba in Aramaic. And Abba is derived from a baby language. It's the type of language that a child would use to address their father. We would, in our language, would know this as daddy. Now, who's your daddy is awkward. But so is daddy God when you're praying on a microphone. So I'm just being clear right now. I'm not trying to get you to do that, but feel free to take this and run into your secret place. See, now this intimate word, Abba, was a title that the disciples had never ever used to address God. It was so foreign to them, but it was this intimate word of Abba, Daddy, that he taught. See, in the Old Testament, the phrase, our father, was used about 10 to 15 times when addressing God. They'd say, God, our father, and you'd read that. But here, Jesus speaks that word, father, and he uses that word, Abba. He doesn't just do that here in this moment, but the other 149 times he addresses the father, he is using this phrase, Abba. Now, I wanna be really, really clear that the Old Testament and the New Testament are the same, right? God the Father is God over both. So Jesus here wasn't like, hey, 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 ding, 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 something new. Like the Old Testament, it, we're out with it, and this is the new, no. Listen, God stays the same today, forever. He doesn't change. So he didn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. He remained the same. But what Jesus is doing here in this moment in calling the Father Abba is he's inviting us into an intimacy. He's actually showing us a fuller picture of who God the Father is. And he's inviting us into that. He's saying, hey, he wants to know you in a greater way. He wants to be closer with you. This is an intimacy that he's inviting us into. And let's just, let's just realize this is the whole reason that Jesus came to the earth, was so that we could have that intimacy with the Father. See, intimacy is something that is a bond. It's a closeness. It's a valuable relationship. There's this connection shared in intimacy. And it's one that doesn't require doing or getting. It's just simply about being. It's all about relationship. So 
as Tim shared last week, as he was closing out the message, he reminded us that we were not fasting for relationship, but we're fasting from relationship. Jesus was showing the disciples that the intimacy that God wants to have with us, it's all about relationship. He was showing us that it's more about connection than it is transaction. Because remember, he's talking about prayer here. See, this relationship is more about connecting with than taking from. Now, it makes me think of two of my favorite characters from one of my favorite childhood movies, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The OG, okay, original. And it makes me think of the difference between Veruca and Charlie. Now, Veruca, she was all about a transactional relationship with her dad. You know, she was like, I need this, I want this. These are my wishes, these are my commands, these are my dreams, I want it now, daddy. And if you're not going to give it to me, then I'm going to fold my arms and pout and not talk to you. Shall I talk the rest of this sermon in this voice? I think not. Veruca was all about the transaction in the relationship, what she could get out of it. And then there's Charlie. He was just happy to be there. Really, I get to go to this place? I don't belong, oh, but this is amazing. And grandpa gets to come too. I mean, he knew that there was a possibility that there was a prize. He wasn't in it for the prize. He shows us at the end of the movie. He's like, no, I mean, that stuff's great. And if you want to give it to me, I'll take it. But I'm just here to be with the one that I want to be with. It was about who he got to spend time with, not what he got to get out of it. And so I want to ask us today, when it comes to our relationship with God, is it more about the closeness and the abiding or about the getting? God, I need this. I want that. I want the, the new job. I need to make more money, God. God, could you make this deal go through? You know, sometimes our prayers, they're not even about us. So we're like, well, duh, God, I'm not being selfish. Like, will you help that person? Can you heal them? And listen, let's be clear. God is addressing us and he's, he's, he's saying to us, hey, bring your petitions Bring your requests before me. It says in Philippians 4, 6 to bring what we specifically need to him. So he is a God who wants to answer our prayers. But it's not about the transaction. It's about the abiding. Are we coming him to a God that we just want something from? Because you know he wants to answer you as his kid, but he wants to do it out of an intimate relationship, not out of a transactional one. When we approach the Father as Abba, it's more about the abiding than it is about the getting. See, the reason Jesus tells us to come to God as Abba is because God wants to be in relationship with you. He loves you. He loves me. He delights in us. He wants to know how our day is. He wants us to come and tell him what's bothering us, where our stress is, what's hurting us. He wants to be intimately involved in our life. 
He wants to know everything that you're going through, everything you love, everything you hate, the confusion. The He wants you to know that there is a place where he wants you to bring all of that to be near him. It's the whole reason why God the Father and God the Son decided that Jesus should come to this planet. He wants to be in relationship with you. But there's this great chasm between us and God. So they came up with this plan and he said, hey, okay, we can do this. If you go to earth and you put on a flesh and you walk among them and you make a place where they can come. And Jesus goes to the cross for us, the spotless, sinless lamb to die and be resurrected. Why? So that he could be the bridge over the great chasm and make a way for us to get to God because he wants to be in relationship with us. Where before we couldn't approach him, but now because of Jesus and that bridge, he says, now you can approach me. You can come boldly before my throne as it says in Hebrews. See, boldness is the byproduct of relationship. Like most of you, Tim and I work from home and if I know that Tim is in the middle of something important, he's maybe prepping a message or he's on an important call or maybe he's doing something that needs his focused attention, I'll say to my kids like, hey, don't bug dad. He's down in the basement, don't go to his door. If you need something, come to me. Now that works some of the time. But most of the time, if my kids are doing math and he's the math dad, well they need the math dad's help. Or if my kids are playing down in the garage and they start fighting and one of them needs some help resolving it, well, dad's right there. Or honestly, sometimes they just want to go show dad what it is they made. Look at this. Now, do my kids go to the door and timidly knock? Daddy, can I, father, can I come in? No, they bust through the door. It don't matter who he's on the phone with, what he's doing. Dad, I'm here. I want your attention. Dad, I'm here, I wanna show you this. Why? There's boldness because there's relationship. Yet it blows my mind when there is access that so many believers don't actually step out in that access. They timidly knock. See, I love that Jesus backs up this image of intimacy. He shows us that he was approachable he shows this with John, one of his disciples, who when they're sitting around a dinner table, John lays his head on him. It says he reclines on him. It shows that Jesus was approachable. Remember, Jesus and the Father are one and the same. They're part of the Trinity. Jesus shows us the character of God through his life and ministry. I love when Mary, she shows up to the dinner party and she anoints Jesus with oil and then she begins to wash his feet with her hair. He was approachable, so she felt like she could access him. Or the kids, when Jesus in the middle of preaching, talking to the disciples and the kids bust through the crowd and they don't care what he's doing, they know they can approach him. See, it's out of an intimate relationship that we can bring everything to God. It's out of that intimate relationship that we can come and approach the Father as Abba. We can bring the laundry list of needs, the things that we need help in, not just so we can get what we want, but because he cares for us. He wants to be near us. 
You know, he's not too busy for the small, minute details of your life. He's not too busy running the universe that he doesn't have time for you. No, his calendar is clear for you. He's available. He's approachable. He's Abba. And he says, would you just come to me? That thing that you're dealing with at work, that situation with your kids, would you just gather up your whole life? Would you gather up your family and your troubles and your hurt and your pain? And would you just gather it up and come and bring it to me? You know, when I approach the Father, I know that there is access, but sometimes I have to remind myself and remind myself of my favorite prayer. It's now plastered on my Bible. Psalm 27, 8 says, come and talk with me. There's an open invitation. Would you just come and talk with me? Because he's not just a good dad, but he's an available dad. Better than any earthly father when we know that we can approach him as Abba. Now, one more thought and band, you guys can come as we close. See, Jesus, he taught us to pray and remember who he, God is. That he is Abba. That he isn't just your higher power, but he is your Abba. The one you get to be intimately connected to. So he reminds us of who he is as father. But after we catch the revelation of who he is, Jesus reminds us of where he is. In Matthew 6, 9, another portion of scripture that sounds similar to Luke 11, he says he's not just our father, but he is our father who is in heaven. He's in heaven. And imagine with me for a moment that you have an earthly father who holds a a position of authority in business or in government. Shout out to my friend Priscilla, who doesn't have to imagine this because her dad's in government holds that position. See, he has authority based on his position, but you get to approach him as father. So in other words, you have access to the power of his position through your relationship as his child. So he says he's our father who is in heaven. In fact, that prayer, both of them go on to say that instead of just praying to him as father in heaven, we actually can pray for heaven to come down to earth. I can go to my Abba who's in heaven, but then I can pray that heaven can meet earth. Would you just for a moment, think about that. Think about the access that we have to heaven. What's heaven like? Well, in heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there's no brokenness. In heaven, there is no heartache. And God gives us the ability through prayer to release the power of his authority here on this earth. But it doesn't happen any other way but through relationship. See, when I know him as Abba, I can approach him as Father, but access the power of his authority as the God of heaven. And I know that many of you need heaven to touch earth. You need the realities of heaven to touch the circumstances of your life. I wanna remind you today 
that it doesn't come by an eloquent prayer. It doesn't come by vain repetition. It doesn't come by a poetic thing, but it comes through relationship that you can call on Abba, who happens to be the creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe, the protector, the provider, the authority. You get to call on Him as Abba and see the power released in your life. But we have to know Him as Abba in order to access the things of heaven. Come on, I wanna remind us today that it's not about anything else but the relationship that He wants to have with us. See, it's all a byproduct of knowing Him as Abba. Because what does a good father do? Oh, he runs to his kids when they need help. I think if there is a reset that we're gonna make in 2021, it is to catch this, to set up this as a standard that I have access. If Jesus spent his time on this planet to make a way for me, and there is no longer a chasm between me and God, then I wanna get to know him as my father. If there's any reset, let's reset that relationship this year. Come on, would you pray with me wherever you're at in your living room or wherever you're watching? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Abba, we come. Whatever mindset we had of you before, whatever distorted view we had of you before, whether it was because of an earthly father or it was a ploy of the enemy or we just haven't gotten to know you yet, Right now, we call on Abba. We look at you as our Father, the one we're intimately connected with. Thank you for sending your Son to die for us so that we could have access to you. Right now, if that's you, if you know that you're far away from Him, whether you have never called on Him and bowed your knee and said, I wanna follow after you, whether you've been far off or you've never chose to follow Him today, God is giving you that opportunity. Do you know that He has been waiting for you to call out to Him? The promises of the Word are when you call on Him, when you say yes to following after His Son, that you can cry out, Abba, Father. And right now, wherever you're at, if you're far from God and you don't wanna be any longer, the Bible is so simple and clear. He says, Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and you only get to the Father through relationship with me. And it's so simple. If you wanna choose to follow after him today so that God can call you son or daughter and you can call him Father, it's so simple. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved. So wherever you're at right now, if you just call on the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and I choose to follow after you today. Boom, access. Father, right now, I pray over everyone who's making this decision to either come back to you or to follow you for the first time. I thank you that you've been calling them and you are an available God who wants to be in relationship with them. We love you. And for everyone else 
who's been following after Jesus. Father, right now, we just say, if we need to, we reset our relationship with you and we call on you today. We invite you to be our Abba. I pray that as we seek your face on our own, we would become intimately aware of who you are and we will build that relationship. We love you, Father. Thank you for meeting with us here. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Hey, if you made that decision today to follow after Jesus, come on, we got claps in the room. We're rejoicing with you. But more than just clap, clapping for you and rejoicing, we wanna let you know that you've got some important next steps because you say yes to Jesus, but we wanna be that church family that helps you start this journey strong. We've got an incredible couple of things that we can help you with. We've got something called First 40, where we help walk you through the first 40 days of your life. We help you build a strong foundation and be able to read the word and actually understand it. And then the second thing is we wanna invite you to be water baptized. The Bible says to repent, which you just did, and then be baptized. So we wanna help you with those two things. So really simple, um, there's a button popping up that says that you've made a decision to follow Jesus. You can click that right now. It'll raise your hand and we'll reach out to you. But we love you so much. And we just wanna say welcome home to you. Church, thank you for joining us today. I pray that you would walk this out and get to know your Abba this week. And guess what? I will see you at 4 p.m. so we can worship him together. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.